Is this just godly things? Yeah, just godly things. Like the Just Godly Things podcast? and Steven for part two of just their story. Specifically, we want to hear about your guys' friendship. I mean, before I was saved, all my friendships literally revolved around partying. Like, I, I thought that that was what friendship was. But like, coming to Jesus, I just see now that there's so much more depth. There's so much more fun. Well, for sure. But I want to hear about the depth. So can you guys just tell us a little bit about how you guys met and what your friendship looks like day in and day out? Yeah, well... I heard you were thug life before this bit, so. thug life? I don't know if y'all knew that. I just had to throw that out there. That is so funny. Shoot, me and Steve-O. Well, I'll just say this, man. You know, the scripture tells us that for the foundation of the world, all the days of our life were written in the book of heaven before one of them came to pass. So the Lord is so intentional about who we do life with, who you run with, and when you find yourself aligned with his will, he just starts bringing divine friendships into your circle. You don't have to look for them, you don't have to seek them, he'll start a pruning process. The people that aren't good for you, he'll just start to remove by Mm -hmm. his own hand, and then he'll start sending these amazing people you know, Mm -hmm. you know, are gonna be part of your life forever. And yeah, I mean, that's sort of the story with me and Steve-O. We did discipleship training school together at YWAM. 2019. So yeah, we've been part of YWAM for what, two and a half years now since then. And I didn't even know the guy too well in our discipleship training (laughs) school. I just saw him around every now and then. I mean, I like to jump in a lot of different circles. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very evangelistic, so I like to go wide. I like to meet and connect as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And Stephen really wasn't even in my close friends uh, or circle of friends at the moment or at that time. So, bro, do you remember, like, our first interaction? Does that come to mind? Yeah, I think I I got a word for you in the cafeteria. Come on, God. I literally prayed for you because, like, in that season, it was a rough season for me. My One of my brothers had passed away mm-hmm. um, three months before my discipleship training school. So I was just in a rough moment, but the Lord would, like, I literally wouldn't talk to people unless, like, God gave me a word for somebody, which is unlike me because I'm a massive extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Like, I love talking with people, meeting new people. I like to go wide as well. But that season, I just wasn't venturing out. I was, it was just next level brokenness for me. But... When God would give me words for people, I remember I would I would approach people. I would be obedient. So I remember God gave me a word for him. Yeah. And then that was like our first interaction. And it was pretty cool. I, but I, we weren't like, what's up? Like, we're going to roll right. together. Yeah, we didn't really have a right. similar interest or anything. Little did yeah. we know God had other plans. Man, we just have so many mutual interests. I think the first one that's kind of striking is that we were born on the same day. Oh, yeah. No way. That's right. <laughs> we're born no on the same day. You know, oh, yeah. For no. real. The same birthday, January seventeenth. Yeah. Wait, there's a big age gap though, yeah. A decade. A decade. Ten <laughs> years apart. Full on, my name. To the day. On. So um, yeah, January seventeenth. I'm eighty nine. He's ninety nine. Wow. Um, that's the first thing in common, and then we just came to realize, like, as we've linked arms and ran after the Lord together, we have the same vision, the same, a lot of the same giftings, the same mm-hmm. desires. 
and God has just brought us together in ministry. I mean, we're both running a ministry on campus called Messengers, Mm -hmm. which basically trains people on how to effectively and clearly communicate the gospel and then just really stirs them up to live a lifestyle of evangelism, um, preach the gospel wherever they go, and we take teams out on the streets and just see God encounter you know, people in stores and on beaches and mm. on sidewalks. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. The Lord is trying to pour out any and every place we go. So it's a joy of ours to see him God, so do yeah. that. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything. No, yeah, and um, totally. I, I think also another thing that I remember in my DTS, I was playing guitar on the side of A building, which is like where all the, the rooms same are. Same dorm. We have the same mm-hmm. dorm together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Not the same room, but same. But the same area. Yeah. So I remember I was playing guitar. Michael was like, dude, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> the music pulled me in. And then the Lord, yeah, for real. And then the Lord is like, you should, he's like, do you want to help Mike out? Like, do you want to be a part of his musical journey? Because like, he's called to it. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the words I gave him. Yeah, that one I definitely remember. So I was very new to the guitar. I'd probably been playing less than a year at that time, uh-huh. which was 2019. And um, I heard this guy playing just randomly, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, bro, you're amazing. You know, how'd you get so good? And then God speaks to him about my musical journey. So that just kind of pulled us in a little yeah. bit closer together. But we didn't get super close. I remember post-outreach, I went to Nepal. He went to Papua oh. New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And I remember I bumped into him at the airport post-outreach when we were, like, getting yeeted off the island because of COVID. <laughs> we had no debrief. We were there just like, go back to where you came from. And that's it. This was in March of 2020. Damn. It was rough. It was a bad time. But, like, I just remember seeing Mike in the airport. Mike is like, man... It's like I've just stepped out in evangelism in the, in the last three months in a way in ways that I never have before. Wow. I have a fire for it, like I have a passion for it, dude. Like I'm never like I remember you were saying something like I'll never be the same, and I just remember feeling the fire of God. I was like, dang. And it, same thing with me. Like uh, I I stepped out in wild ways on my outreach, but I just remember seeing that fire in my gun. I was like, dang, that's what I'm called to. I'm called to have the exact same passion, mm-hmm. the exact same zeal, which mm-hmm. I did. And but I knew like I saw somebody in that moment. That was the first time I was like, dang, like we're like the same DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the airport ride back. And I remember taking a, a, a photo of Micah sleeping with this mask over his face and mouth. On the airport ride back. But that <laughs> the airplane ride, that's what I'm gonna say. But yeah, so that was the first time I was like, Yeah, we're the same DNA. I just felt it in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I just like knew I had a feeling we were probably gonna link up again, but I wasn't sure at all. Because mm-hmm. I had no clue. I was I, my plan was to to go to Europe right after um, right after my DTS but COVID literally completely changed my plans so yeah. I ended up moving back to Kona yeah. oh and then and then I remember I called you dude I called you I remember so it was like a month before we moved back to Kona in 2020 that fall I, I don't was, remember this call you don't remember I this don't call remember. dude I just remember like the Lord told me to call you and I remember I called you and I was like dude are you coming back to Kona I think I was asking you about housing like, okay. Do you know of any places to stay? And you're like, oh no, I'm not. Like I don't really know anything, like that I know. Like I have, I got a spot, but I don't know about you. Like you basically said you, you didn't know. But that, and then we started talking about like the last season. You told me you're doing your online business mm-hmm. over COVID. Yeah. And I said I wrote a book, which I did oh, in that time, wow. which oh. I haven't published it yet. I'm waiting 
to publish that. Wow. But it's news to me too. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I told you. Yeah, secret, I'm as an author over here. Really? Oh, come on, Stephen. Oh, I swear, you just remember this. I remember this. But yeah, the Lord just started weaving us together. So we came back, we did a leadership track together, mm-hmm. which prepares you to staff with uh, the YWAM ministry. Yeah. And um, we do the evangelism ministry together. We worship a lot together. Mm-hmm. We do a deliverance and inner healing ministry together. Mm-hmm. And he's just one of my favorite persons to hit the streets with and see the glory of God break out. So wow, it's on. definitely a thing God is doing. And uh, it's a sweet, sweet gift. Yeah, that's yeah. so For great. real. Mm-hmm. Dude, okay, well, let's talk about evangelism then. Can you all share some stories of you two together? For sure. Times that you went out, you know, it's so good. And that's the desire with just godly things is that people would want to step out more in their faith. You know, like Jesus, first of all, changes us from the inside out. And then you realize, oh my gosh, God wants to do this with everyone. Right. Everywhere. At any time. He's constantly loving them and he wants to use us to be a catalyst in their lives. And so what does that look like for you? I mean, you're saying day in, day out, y'all are probably hitting the target, doing the thing, telling people about the Lord. Mm. What are some fun stories you can share? Well, I'll just say that we stir one another up always to make sure at any given moment we're yielded to the voice of God Mm. saying, use me, Lord. Like, what do you want? Guys, like he's created us for a life of adventure, Mm. you know, to wake up every day and to know exactly what your day is going to look like. This is just my opinion. That's not the most radical, joy-filled life you could have. I think we were all created to live in such a place of wonder and obedience um, and mystery when we're being led by the voice of God and He's got surprises for us every single day. Mm. And um, it doesn't matter what we do in a given week. I know He feels the same way that I do. When we see somebody encounter Jesus to step from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and to experience eternal salvation in front of our eyes, there's nothing that brings us more joy um, you know in the world so he, this guy's a way better storyteller than me, so I'll let him take. Uh-huh. I'll let him take the rings on this I, one. All right, I, uh, <laughs> we got a lot. So I think the first time, like we started rolling out all the time doing evangelism, was when uh, we went to Las Vegas last year mm-hmm. for the month of July. And I remember like looking at Micah, and, and I was just like, dude, we got to go hard in Vegas, so we can't mess around. Mm-hmm. I didn't come here for fun. I came here to see people snatched out of the kingdom of darkness. Yes. Mm. Came for soul snatching. Come so on. That's, so that's soul what we well, got to name this episode soul snatching. There you my go. Dude. I it. like that. We snatch souls. We snatch souls. So I'll, I'll tell you uh, an actual story of, of the Lord said you literally snatched this one out of the fire. And then I'll open up about John because that was just too much, bro. That was crazy. Oh, okay. So, so basically we went to Vegas and... It was crazy. Like, a lot of people have memories of sin and, like, debauchery, depression, homelessness, Mm -hmm. like, depravity. But we—my view of Vegas is where I saw the power of God move, and I saw the grace of God meet the most broken people, uh, where the joy of the Lord was was so, like, evident throughout Mm -hmm. the whole trip. And it was so many laughs, so so much of, of the kingdom uh, was really experienced on that trip. And that's what I, how I view Vegas now, which only mm, the Lord could have done come that. Come on, that's so cool. That's like that verse where it says it, it was the planning of the Lord and it was marvelous indeed. Like that's mm. literally what that whole thing was. And that's the power of the gospel. So day one, like Mike and I were like, we, we get off the van and um, it's me, my bro Micah, and then another friend named Ricky. He's from Pakistan. He's a crazy boy. He, he, he rolls with us, too. So we see these. I was going to roll with somebody else that night. 
And then I look at Micah and I look at Ricky and we see these guys like drinking on the, it was on top of a parking garage overlooking the city in Vegas on the strip. Mm-hmm. And these guys had like, it looked like some pills and stuff, some alcohol, weed, you know, they were smoking and, and just doing stuff. We see three guys and we're like, those are our guys. So we instantly were like, I wasn't, I wasn't as comfortable, but I was just like, those are the guys we have to talk to. So we stroll up there and, and Micah and I start talking to this guy named Jack and Jack was just faded out of his mind, eyes glossed over, drinking and stuff, and he's just chilling. He had to have been like 18 or 19. Well, he was 19 years old, which I was also a word of knowledge, but he was a young guy. Um, and we start talking with him, and as we talk, we're getting nowhere. He's just like, yeah, I, I remember I said, yeah, I was at a place in my life where I didn't really believe God was real or he, that he was near and that he actually spoke. And he's like, yeah, kind of like right now. He's like, I don't really believe any of the words you're saying. <laughs> you're like, uh, well, what do we do now, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Micah hears the voice of the Lord and he said, Jack, I just saw when you were younger that your parents split. And because of that, um, you, you really looked up to your older brother. He was, a, he was a, like a father figure in your life. And, and you were you guys rolled together and he was an influence. And then as you guys have gone through life and in recent years, you guys have had a falling out. And now you now he left your life. And now you're in a place where you didn't even want to be in the first place. You don't even want to be in the lifestyle that you're in. And then he's just like, what the F? Like he's freaking out. He's tripped out. He's like, no way. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And we just start telling him the gospel. I, I, I just tell him in short, like, think about the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And then, and then I, I said, think about the worst thing that you've ever done. And I was like, do you, do you have it in your mind? He's like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. And I was like, the blood of Jesus can remove that from your life. And you don't have to carry that until mm. tomorrow. You don't have to carry that baggage to it into the next day. You can completely surrender it to Jesus today and you can receive new life. And he starts freaking out. Mike is like, you're 19 years old. And he's like, yeah, how would you know that? I have a fake ID. I don't tell people my age. And he pulls out his fake ID. And he's like, you know, to be honest, he's like, I don't tell any of this. And the boys are, his boys are out there. And he, he huddles us close in the circle. And he says, um, <laughs> he says, basically, he's like, to be honest, I just uh, signed up for the army because I don't actually want to be in this lifestyle. I'm trying to get out of this. I don't want to be here. How'd you guys know that? Whoa. Like, and he just starts opening up to us and in a way that, and he completely sobers up to my understanding. If yeah, he, so, does. he wow. totally sobers up. And we basically pray the sinner's prayer with him and he receives the Holy Spirit and he's just filled with joy mm-hmm. uh, just out of this world. And he gets born again and it was cool. We met him four weeks later and he was beaming. Whoa. You could see the joy of the Lord. Just to add day. this, this was our first night of ministry. Whoa. So Jack was the first person we spoke to in Vegas uh-huh. and we got to meet him again on the last day of our hour. Yeah, it wow. was. It was the yeah. last day. And he walks up Dude. to us completely different. He's like, you guys remember me? Like, bro, of course you remember me. <laughs> wow. How are you doing? And he was just like you guys have no idea what that moment meant for me you know my life has not been the same and just keep doing what you guys are doing y'all change my life and it was just a sweet you know kiss from the lord at that moment yeah yeah it was so wild so then we ended we ended up strolling down we ended up praying for this guy's knee his knee gets healed and then i'm laughing really loud 
And this and this girl's like, whose laugh was that? She was working the ticketing booth. I'm going to add this really quickly. After we had this experience with Jack, uh-huh. we're just so pumped up, full of the Holy Spirit. We're walking downstairs. And even initially, like, did I know we were supposed to walk up to Jack? Not really. I mean, some people hear God's voice so clearly when the Lord is like, it's that one. Go speak yeah. to them. Like, amen. We love the voice of God. We mm-hmm. want people to be targeted. But we also know that the gospel says, go and preach the gospel to everyone every single creature. Mm -hmm. So the Lord's already Mm -hmm. spoken. Every single human, if you can find a human being that God did not die for on the cross, then don't preach to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of the times if I don't see anyone highlighted, I'm just going to go out of obedience. Trusting God's going to move. So we opened his mouth and the Lord started filling it and we heard his voice clearly, still stepping out by faith. Um, But God moved powerfully. And then as we went downstairs, just looking for the next person to talk to, we were like, all right, God, like that worked whoever the next person we walk across we're going to share the gospel with them too so this brother walks by probably a 50 something year old man um and i just felt like the lord said one of us heard from the lord that like he had an issue with his knee and we just asked him hey man like is your knee messed up and he looked at us kind of weirdly he's like why did you ask that and i'm like bro like we love jesus god speaks to us and we just wanted to see if we could pray for you if your knee hurt and he was like yeah like um, my knee's okay, but my back hurts a lot all of mm-hmm. the time. And this guy was actually a Christian himself. And he was so encouraged by seeing other believers stepping out in faith, stopping strangers, sharing the gospel, that he got marked by the Holy Spirit at that moment. I should be doing the same thing. Because mm-hmm. wow. when you see believers walking in power, walking in mm-hmm. love, everybody who loves the Lord wants to live like him. And you get sparked with such faith and such ambition to do the same thing when you see other believers walking it out so just us approaching him this guy immediately starts preaching the gospel to other strangers walking by the lord activated him in a moment wow and i just thought that was so cool Um, we pray for this guy we asked him if the pain left and he was like you know like my back still hurts a little bit but um i'm so encouraged by you guys and we just prayed for each other Mm. and then after that, we walked downstairs, and I let Stephen pick it up from there. Yeah, so I started laughing really loud because we were just happy. <laughs> and he has the goofiest laugh he, you'll ever hear. He's exactly the most joyful dude I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> first so this, the girl's like, whose laugh was that? <laughs> and, and we're like, it's me. And then, do you know Jesus? <laughs> it's it <was> so funny. <laughs> That's literally what happened. <laughs> so she's like, I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious. So <laughs> she didn't even sound like that (laughs) so we just start telling her about the supernatural like god still heals in mid-conversation homie uh, i forgot his name will will homie will goes through the thing and well the ticket she's working the ticketing booth so so he goes you know to put his ticket in to leave the parking garage and she sees him they make eye contact and will looks at her and says jesus still heals he just healed my knee as as we were testifying about the supernatural and that god still heals so notice the sovereignty of god god didn't get he didn't get healed the moment we prayed for him Mm -hmm. but 10 minutes later the lord knew we'd be speaking to this other girl and that him driving up at that second witnessing about the healing that took 10 minutes for him to receive was the exact word of encouragement this girl needed to verify everything else we were saying about jesus god is awesome (laughs) yeah and then we got a word of knowledge that she was an artist and she totally wanted jesus we we prayed for her. She didn't get encountered at that moment, but she's like, yes, like, I want it. Like, I want I want Jesus. What's a word so, of knowledge? 
a word of knowledge is whenever you know something about somebody's life in a, in a way, and, and there was no possible way that you can know that certain fact. Hmm. Um, and often it comes in a small impression or a thought. Like, for instance, I got, I felt like she was an artist. She painted, and turns out she, she loves painting. That's like her favorite outlet. Hmm. So that's an example of a word of knowledge. And the Holy Spirit will give those to you to open people's hearts up and so hmm. that the walls can be broken down because they're so powerful whenever somebody feels seen and known by God through a random stranger knowing something about their lives and, and when there's no possible way they can know such a thing. So it's super cool. We've seen it so many times. So that was day one. It was like a Holy Ghost roller coaster. Wow. From top of the garage to the bottom. We didn't even make it to this strip that day because we were just vibing for the, the whole hour with the Lord Bro. and seeing him move. It was crazy. So that was like day one. We saw so many wild things. I could say like with Micah, it just we, we just flow so well together. I, I, I think so many times... We would talk with people, usually it almost always in Vegas, correct me if I'm wrong, it usually ended in like a prayer of salvation or, or, or yes, I'm open to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. I would say, yeah, there was so many, I, I can't even count how many times people were like, yes. Can you speak a little into that? You know, most people would be like, oh, don't go to Vegas to preach the gospel. That's where everyone <laughs> parties and does drugs or whatever. Uh, like, can you just share yeah. a little about that? What, a, what about the kingdom of light compared I, to the kingdom of darkness? I got, a, I got a thick thought on that. Okay. So basically, it's like going... <laughs> I love Reiner Bonke. He says this all the time, but he's like, there are many dirty people in the world. He's like, yes, there is. He's like, no. Somebody went up to him. He said, why are there so many dirty people in the world? Um, or he was he was making a hypothetical situation. And then he said, well, there's a lot of dirty people in the world. Yeah, but there's also a lot of soap in the world. And, and he said, not everyone applies the soap. So the way I see it is that the city is very dirty. Yes, Vegas is dark. But we have the soap of the gospel. We have the only solution in the entire universe that could actually clean the filth away. Mm. So it's like going up to, like, we, it's like it's like having a spill in the kitchen, and then not wanting to clean it up with soap and water. Like, like it's 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 saying, oh, I don't want to expose the soap to the dirt. It's that crazy. Whenever you view a place too hard or too dark for the gospel, mm. it's like you're not willing to clean up a mess. Like God has actually given His church the the tools to provide the solution, the remedy to the brokenness and to be that vessel of the only thing that can clean people mm. uh, from their mess, from their sin. Mm. So, um, yeah. I'll just add, like, mm-hmm. look at the life of Jesus. You know, like, I love when the Pharisees looked at him and said, you're dining with sinners and tax collectors and, and prostitutes. Like, what's wrong with you? And what was Jesus's response? He said, I don't come to call the healthy, but I come to call the sick. The healthy aren't in need of a physician, but the sick are in need of a physician. So I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's such a powerful example. If you're in a dark room, people don't say who turned up the darkness. You know, they're going to say, like, who turned out the light? Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't turn up darkness, you turn light down. Mm-hmm. So if there's a place that's too dark, like Vegas, the real question is not why is it so dark? It's where's the light of God? Mm. You know, and we're called to be the lights of the world. So if we don't go into the darkest places, who else is going to go? Right. You know, like we're the hands and feet of Jesus. we got to be willing to represent him in all of those dark places. And he's going to manifest his light. So we got to run into it head first. You know, we can't be like scared or afraid of any of that stuff. The Lord promises to be with us as we give him our yes. 
and we've certainly seen it to be true time and time again. Yeah, and I, I remember even, I won't go into mad detail about this, but there was a moment where that revelation, what Micah just said, really hit my heart. I was with Micah. We were ministering to a guy who was uh, in a, one of the worst. It's called Fremont Street and or Fremont Strip, and it's like the worst, really gnarly rundown. It's a really gnarly rundown area in Vegas. It was the old strip, mm-hmm. and there was a, a, a casino there, and we walk in there, and we, we look at the slot machines try to talk with people they're like nah get out of here then Micah spots this one guy and we're like let's talk to him long story short the guy had like become homeless gambled all his money away and was selling his body for a sexual favor so that he can get money mm. and anyways we had a word of knowledge Micah pro- prophesied over him that basically his grandma was a woman of God he's like how'd you know that and then we, we just told him the gospel and Micah said you were violated at this age and it was ended up being true so he felt super known by God and the gospel just penetrated his heart and he says to me now he's like now I know what it means to be worth the blood of Jesus it's like I for the first time in my life I realized my body is valuable father I'm sorry for selling my body like I'm sorry like he's just repenting and uh, anyways, and then he says, you guys, two, two guys just changed my life. He says, I've been here for three years and no one had ever preached the gospel or stopped and won't bother to pray for me. When he said that, I walked out of there and the Lord said, it's because the light is to, he said, it's not because of the amount of darkness, but he said, it's because of the lack of light. And I remember he said that as I walked out of that casino and, and I realized it's just, it was just two of us to, to change the trajectory of the, cor- of, of the course of that man's life. Like, yeah. how much more if we had a whole army storming in those places? Right. F- yielded to the Holy Spirit. Like, Whoa. what could we do? If just two can do that, what can ten people? Yeah. Like, I, it just blows my mind that, it, yeah, it, it's not a matter of how much darkness there is, but it's a, it's a matter of how how much less of light is actually really shining Mm. so but anyways i still think like the soap analogy it's like it's illogical in our mind to look at something dirty and not clean it when we have the solution to make it clean so yeah one of my favorite verses about evangelism is mark chapter 4 and it's verse 26 it simply says the kingdom of god is a man that scatters seed on the ground Mm. meaning our job as sons and daughters in the kingdom is simply to scatter seed everywhere that we go Mm -hmm. god is the one some water some plant god's the one that brings the increase so all he's asking from us is take the seed of the gospel and scatter it because we know the road is narrow only few are going to find it Mm -hmm. so if only a few are only going to find salvation that means we have to open up our mouth to the masses to bring in the harvest. Right. And it truly is ripe, man. We, we get the joy of experiencing that together. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. so good. Okay. It also talks about, you know, you're throwing the seed and then it's going to land on different types of soils, right. rocky things. That just goes to share that people's hearts are in different places, right? Some people mm-hmm. can receive the word. They receive it with joy and they then it disappears or they like really take it to heart. And you guys are sharing a couple of glory stories here. But oftentimes we get rejected Absolutely. more yeah. often than not, probably. You know, yeah. we're in the Bay Area right now. You're saying in San Francisco, you're like, bro, people are not having it it's here rough at out, times. Yeah. It's rough in these You streets. know, so can you all share, maybe not together times that's happened, but individually, what are some like worst times you've been rejected? How did you deal with that? Because yeah. we're going to be rejected for our faith, man. Like Absolutely. God says, you're going to be hated by the whole world, actually. Right. So as fun as it is to share the gospel, we need to know who we are as sons and daughters, like Say you said, it. and that Say when people are rejecting us, mm-hmm. they're not actually rejecting us. They're rejecting Jesus in us, right? Right, right. So what can you guys share? And I, I think we'll, we'll share that, but I think we should share this story when we had somebody who was very prideful 
and, and their heart was closed off. And then 10 minutes later, we had somebody who was contrite and the difference Whoa. of those two encounters. Cool. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll share that, but, but you, okay. I think we should go first about just yeah. rejection stories. I mean, first thing we got to understand is that, yeah, Jesus did promise us whoever desires to live godly will suffer persecution. Uh-huh. So what does persecution even mean? Because if we look around the world, we've got brothers and sisters in the faith in Africa, in Asia, in the Middle East that literally have their lives threatened every single time they open up their mouth for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have people being beheaded, um, churches in their homes being burned down, mass murderers, you know, like all this stuff is happening simply because they profess the name of Jesus. That's real persecution. And it says in Revelation that we overcome the devil by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb, and we love not our own lives according to the death. So the Lord is asking us, we got to be ready to sacrifice everything for the kingdom of heaven. And um, here in the West, I mean, what does persecution look like? Really, the worst it is is people cursing you out or making you, quote unquote, look stupid or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, that's not real persecution. So I think first thing we got to do is just make that um, determination in our mind that, God, I don't care what I look like. I'm willing to be a fool for you, Jesus. And the masses are going to reject us. If they rejected the Lord, who is perfect in all of his ways, we're going to get rejected too. And Jesus actually says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So we just have to make that little shift in our mind. Like when we get rejected for the gospel, we actually get more and more blessings and we look more and more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think if you make that shift in your mind before you go out to share the gospel, you realize there's no failing. You can never fail in evangelism. If your motive is love, if your motive is obedience, if your motive is to let people know the reality of who Jesus is, then their response doesn't matter. It's not even up to us. You know, we never end up knowing who's actually saved. Like, it's you got to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. So all we do is present the beauty of Jesus and then trust them into the hands of God, you know, to come and bring increase. So a lot of the times, yeah, man, people will flick me off or curse me out or whatever like way more often than I see people say yes to to the gospel I see people you know straight up slam the door in my face but Mm -hmm. I just don't let that move me you know like Mm -hmm. I know on average I think John Piper this well-known pastor said this people hear the gospel at least six to seven times before they respond to it so maybe I'm just one of those voices that will get them closer and closer to saying yes to the truth Mm -hmm. you know and God wastes nothing so Again, just be ready. Be ready to be persecuted. Be ready to be rejected. Mm -hmm. And just trust the Lord and do what he's asking you to do. And that's just share his love. And God does the rest. So, Yeah, and there's no failure. There's never any failure if you step out, if you get rejected or somebody gets saved. It's the same gospel. Like sometimes it, 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 it yields glory stories. Sometimes it yields you being cussed out or just rejected or just humiliated. But it's ultimately like learning to internalize that rejection and realize that it's a joy to be rejected because it said blessed are those who are persecuted, that there's an actual blessing whenever you experience rejection. It's promise. It's actually a promise in scripture. Mm. And that is so true. I remember the first time I ever got rejected in my entire life was with this guy. I said, hey, can I pray for I know I was sitting in this fast food restaurant in Oklahoma and I stared at I saw this guy who's highlighted to me for about an hour straight. I was with my friends eating. 
I looked at him and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to pray for him, but I can't. I think I was 16 at the time. It was when I first got saved. I was like, I don't know about this. I paced around the fast food restaurant for like 20 minutes as my friends are hanging out. And I was like, I don't know. I'm so scared. And then I said, hey, can I just tell you that Jesus loves you? Can I pray for you? And he's like, get the F out of my face. I am, I like, I don't want anything with your Jesus. <laughs> like he was angry. He's like, and I just remember being like, Okay, and then I just walked <laughs> off. It was the first time ever. Bam, I got hit with such crazy joy. It was the weirdest oh, thing. Wow. I was happy for like two days. Wow. <laughs> that was an example, I think, where like that manifested. Obviously, it's not always like that, but God was just giving me a little glimpse of like mm-hmm. the reality that it's actually like it's, it's an amazing thing mm-hmm. to suffer for the name of Jesus or yeah. just even a little bit. But I just remember feeling like happy for two days. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Bible doesn't make sense. It's an upside down kingdom. The, the failure aspect, I think, is what gets a lot of people from stepping out. Right. It's a huge mm-hmm, giant. Mm-hmm. They think like if right. I if I preach like an idiot or if I look like a fool, it's a big loss. But there's no such thing as as a loss because he taught me this in surfing. Whenever you go surfing, for those that have gone before, sometimes you can catch the wave, the opportunity, and you and you get it right. You drop in. You have an amazing ride. It's a blast. But other times you nosedive. You fail and you wipe the heck out. And either, but every wipeout, almost every wipeout that I've ever had has been so fun. And I never feel like, oh, I'm a failure because I wiped out. That's like, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Like surfing is fun. And I think that's how Jesus wants us to view ministry, that there's no such thing as as failing. It just matters that we take the opportunity. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we wipe out. Sometimes... We have the right of our lives, but either way, it's it's fun either way, and it's lighthearted. Mm. That that yoke of like of like perfectionism and religion can really stifle people, and it took God using surfing to teach me that childlike wonder. Um, well, in evangelism, to have that perspective. And I'll just end it, or at least finish off saying this: Jesus already showed us what it looks like in Scripture, and I think the only thing that stands in the way of us stepping out more is fear of man. Mm-hmm. Fear of man is a giant. You know, being afraid of what you look like. We say, Jesus, you know, it's no longer I who live, but you who live through me. And a lot of the times the Lord's going to test that. Like, are we actually still mm-hmm. more worried about ourselves right. than his glory? Mm-hmm. And I was doing outreach in Papua New Guinea, and I knew fear of man was the only thing that could stop me from receiving everything God wanted to do in me and through me. So day one, I made a pact with the Lord. I said, God, I am not giving in to fear of man. I'm crushing this thing right here, right now, wow, so that I can cool. receive everything you want to do in my life the next three months and I thought about the scariest thing I could possibly do on outreach and I said I'm going to do that first Mm. and to me that was street preaching you know like standing in front of a huge marketplace and preaching to hundreds of strangers so day one I went to the marketplace and I was trembling in my boots but I was praying the whole time saying God we're crushing this thing now and I stepped out in faith started preaching to a group of like five people Mm. next thing I know there was 30 40 50 60 people surround me in a manner of 30 seconds and I just realized what was a group of five is now a group of 60 Mm. and the fire of God and the boldness of God just comes over me and he starts preaching through me like it was not me at all and at that moment all fear of man left me and it didn't mess with me again for the next three months I was on outreach 
And still, fear comes in the way every single day when I step up, but my response is always the same. I'm not, you're not my Lord. I'm not bending the knee to you, fear. Mm. I'm bending the knee to Jesus and Jesus alone. And when we do that, man, God shows up super powerfully. Wow, so good. Yeah. You know, what I love about you two is that you guys have all these crazy stories, but they're like, you guys aren't like special Christians, right? Not at like, all. Unspecial. This is available to everyone. There's an acronym <laughs> that Catherine and I love oil. Um, you told us it. Was that you who told us that? Yeah, we heard it from Frenchie. Oh, Frenchie. so good. What is it? Intimacy and leading people to Jesus. So good. And you guys walk in that. It's oh. crazy. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's true. And honestly, like about being ordinary, like honestly, I think the last few years of my Christian walk, that's like been the most important revelation is my humanity mm. and realizing that I'm not like this crazy, like anointed, unhuman man of God. Because I think... There's been situations in my life where circumstances have really humbled me and like just like things have gone wrong, a lot of disappointment and stuff. Mm. And just seeing my own brokenness and I just, I guess it just shows me at the end of the day that it really is just the grace of God Mm. that we even like love the Lord and that we can even be used by him in crazy ways that we're all human. Um, And yeah, so I just, I just want to throw that in there. Like, yeah, we're not special at all. Like I was... I was the most fearful person you'd ever met. I was depressed and fearful. Uh, and now I feel like those are the two things that I'm not anymore. I'm not depressed and I'm not fearful. I don't really struggle with that anymore. But that is a thousand percent Jesus. Mm-hmm. Stephen Roberts is a is a is a shy, timid, scared, depressed guy. But Stephen Roberts in the Holy Spirit is a joyful, hey, happy, fearless. Man of God, it's wow. true. So it just so it's the Holy Spirit. It's Him in us. Oh, I love it. And I, I do feel led because we talked about those two scenarios. Because you talked about the four soils of the human heart. Uh-huh. That some hearts are less resi- more resi- more resistant, less resistant. So within the span of thirty minutes, Micah and I were talking to this one guy and literally getting going around in circles. We were getting nowhere with this guy. We were basically just preaching the gospel, and he's like, "Well, if you felt the Lord, would you receive Jesus?" And he's like, "Yeah, I guess." So we pray for him, and he basically, I forget there's no camera here, so I'm being very animated right now. But (laughs) he he receives prayer, and nothing happens, and we're just like, what? Like, what? God, like, why not? And we felt, or at least Micah felt from the Lord, that that his heart was resistant. It was closed off. Like, there was a lot of pride there. He didn't want God. There was no, nothing in that moment, at least. Obviously, we planted a seed, and the Lord is going to water that seed, and maybe 10 more people are going to speak to him, and God's going to orchestrate that. I'm not saying that that was the last moment, but in that moment, we weren't reaping. We were just sowing in that moment. Mm -hmm. The next moment, we see a guy that walks by, and we have a sign in in Fremont Strip, free prayer. Was it it free prayer? Yeah, free prayer sign. Yeah, free prayer sign. Mm -hmm. And he, one of those. And, he walks, <laughs> and he walks by and, and he looks back and then he keeps walking. Micah's like, get over here. If you should watch Mortal Kombat. He's <laughs> like, get over here. And he looks back and he's like, no, we need to pray for you, bro. And he ends up strolling back. And you can go on because you, you were the first one that, that talked with him. Yeah, no, it's just so clear that God wanted to speak to this guy. And I literally felt the Holy Spirit stop him. But then the enemy came over him, these demonic spirits, and tried to drive him away from us. So I just got bold. I called him over. And then I looked him dead in the eyes. And this man looks at me in the eyes and he starts watering up. And he says, there's nothing I can do to be saved. And I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, 
I don't know what you did, but that is not the message of the gospel. It doesn't matter what you did. Jesus died for it. And I just start sharing who the Lord is. And then at that moment, I think Stephen walks over and this guy starts to reveal that he had just murdered somebody a couple days before because I think this yeah, person had like raped his girlfriend or his mom somebody his was mom. raping his mom so he killed him out of self-defense mm-hmm. but he's just saying I was too far gone I'm too far gone and then God tells me to st- start speaking uh, Isaiah 53 where it said he was marred beyond any man meaning his appearance when Jesus took our sin on the cross his appearance was he wasn't even recognizable as a human being and I said do you, do you know why and he's like why and, and I said it's because that your sins were that Awful. They were that atrocious, that ugly. And I said, there's no place that you have gone that Jesus hasn't personally gone himself. Mm-hmm. I said, he ha- his mercy can really, is enough for you regardless of what you, have, what you have done. And then he opens up about the murder thing. And then God just leads me to tell him about Paul, how he wrote most of the Bible, that he killed a lot of people. And he said, really? Like, no way. Like, he was really receiving mm-hmm. it. And I said, he wrote most of the Bible and he killed people. He persecuted the church. And he, he totally received that. And anyways, we prayed the sinner's prayer with him. We, 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 he wants he ends up coming to a point that he wants Jesus in his heart. He wants to surrender his life. Mm-hmm. So we, we pray the sinner's prayer, and we say, repeat after me. We, we, you know, he says, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, come. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. And he re- as soon as he repeats that, bam, he flies back like three or four feet back. And he starts like like manifesting demons. We start rebuking the, the demonic. He gets set free, and he starts just weeping. And the love of God just hits him, and he's like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be because my court date's actually tomorrow Whoa. to see what my sentence is going to be. And he said, but today I've like walked. He said something along the lines like, today I've stepped into new life, mm-hmm. and I know that I have Jesus where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'll be, but. I know that I have God with me now, and that's what makes all the difference. And then the Lord whispered to me, I snatched, he said, some you snatch out of the fire. He says that in Jude. Mm. And and the Lord said, that's what you guys did in that moment, because who knows what, what his life would have gone if, you know, going into prison and in, in, in that area in Nevada. Mm. So it's just... Yeah, it was just crazy. But you see the four soil, like in that, that's a perfect example. We did nothing different with, with point, with the guy that was prideful and didn't want the Lord. Mm-hmm. Nothing different than with this other guy who just got saved. We, same gospel, same yeah. guys preaching yeah. the gospel within mm-hmm. the same right. hour. And one, we were just sowing a seed and we, you know, we didn't really get anywhere. And then with this guy, we saw a complete 180. Yeah. So be encouraged. Uh-huh. That's so wild. And again, these are just glory stories. Kat, you said it earlier. Most of it looks nothing like it, but we're going to be faithful because anything that's motivated by faith and love pleases the Father. Mm -hmm. And that's what we live to do. We want to please Him. He died for souls, Mm -hmm. so we got to go after souls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. What does it say in Romans? Like, how will they hear the gospel unless someone preaches it to them? And how will these people preach it unless they're sent? Right. And the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Right. That's the goal, man. We want to have those beautiful feet, right? Yeah. Yes, and we've all been sent. This is not for evangelists. Totally. It doesn't have anything to do with your gifting, whether whether or not you're an outgoing person. Uh, None of that matters. Jesus equipped all of us to go and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. So every single believer needs to be out there wearing the beautiful feet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you guys just shared all these amazing stories. They're cool. Say someone's listening now, getting really inspired. We have established that, yes, this is for them to do, for all believers but what do we do now? Like yeah. how you guys are talking about these words of knowledge, hearing 
information from God supernaturally, mm-hmm. how would someone grow in hearing the voice of God? And what does it look like for them to step out if they want to evangelize, say, at school, at their mm-hmm. workplace? They want to go to the park. They want to grab a friend and go and tell people about Jesus. Like, what, what are some practicals? Here? Yeah. Well, first thing I'll say about the voice of God is that Scripture promises we all hear it. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they know it, and they follow me. So be assured, whoever's listening, you hear God's voice. It's just a muscle that needs to be worked out and strengthened. Um, so a lot of it just comes with repetition, and it's based on obedience. Mm-hmm. You know, So you're, you're rarely going to know, I promise you, 95% of the time when God speaks to me, I'm not sure it's Him, mm-hmm. but I know that He does want to speak to me, and I step out by faith. If I think God is saying to something to me about another person, I'm just going to step out and say, hey, man, like this might sound really weird, or I could be completely wrong, but I feel like God is telling me that um, you have pain in your back. Is that right? So, yeah, I'm throwing myself out there. I might look foolish, but I'm more concerned with God meeting that person than I am me being foolish. And uh, just make sure you're you're reading the scriptures daily because that's the main way you're going to get familiar with the voice of God. You know, it's not he speaks in a still small whisper to us individually, but the main way he speaks to most of us is through his word. So if you have the word in your heart and in your mind, his voice will become clearer and clearer and clearer. And then when he comes to speak that still small whisper to you, it's going to sound more familiar because it's the same voice that you're reading about you're reading with and hearing about through scripture. So um, all that to say, man, you just got to step out in faith. If you feel like God is leading you to someone, he probably is. If somebody uh, feels highlighted and it's like, man, there's this burning sensation. I got to say something to that person. Mm -hmm. You might not even have any clue what Mm -hmm. you're going to say, but God is tugging at your heart saying, my son, my daughter, step out and just, hey, um, how you doing? Uh, my name is whatever, you know, start a conversation, start a normal conversation. And there's no way around it. It's going to be weird to most people, but something I like to do practically. Hey, man, my name is Micah. How you doing? A little, you know, banter in the, in the beginning. Hey, dude, this might sound super weird, super random, but I feel like God speaks to me. You were highlighted to me. Has anyone ever told you about Jesus? Or can I share the love of God with you at this mm-hmm. moment? Has anyone ever told you about the kingdom of God? So I'll just, I'll just go right for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And after that, you're not in control anymore. Mm-hmm. But just step out is the most practical uh, advice I can give anybody who's listening. That's good. And anyone who desires it, I think the biggest, besides that, um, the power comes with prayer. Because I can guarantee that if you cry out for souls, there's no way that God isn't going to put you in in the path of somebody who's ready to hear the gospel. Right. Mm. So I think crying out for the loss, well, he'll do the heavy lifting for you. He'll 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 set you in the right coffee shop for the right person. Mm. And sometimes I've even had times when I started praying for the loss. They would start approaching me. Mm. Like, I, I went through a season, I, sh- I swear, like a three-week, it was a three-week season where everyone that that got encountered on the street, it's because they would approach me because I was wow. praying earlier. They would be like, hey, what's up? Like, like, I like your shirt, blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing like? And then the Lord said, send it, and then Whoa. God would move. It was crazy. So I think like that that was really funny. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot as much mm-hmm. anymore. I guess you kind of want it to, but mm-hmm. that's just the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Is it it puts the ball in the in, in the Lord's court, and all we have to do is just be faithful when when we feel those little impressions. But if you really want this, 
go after it in the secret place and he will meet you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. He wants to use you more than you want to be used by him. So right, just right, come right. into agreement and God will work wonders through your through your yes to him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And in Corinthians it says like earnestly desire the spiritual there gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Yes. You know, so as we continue to ask, ask, ask. Actually I think it's in the Greek or something where it says earnestly desire. It means actually to like lust. lust to lust mm-hmm. after it. Right. Which is like, whoa. Like yep. that's like a that's, deep desire. That's like God, I wanna hear your voice like mm-hmm. that. You know? So okay. man, that's just crazy. keep keep asking, lust asking, asking, asking. Gifts. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well we hope that everyone who's listening to this is like just feeling stirred and inspired to just step out and like go for it could you guys pray and just release what you guys carry in evangelism to anyone who wants to grow in that yeah specifically that they would get words of knowledge and see like signs miracles wonders and healings when they lay hands mm-hmm. absolutely yeah god we we love you so much lord we thank you that you created us to represent Jesus, to be the hands and feet. That's what it means to be the body of Christ, is to bring the kingdom of God anywhere and everywhere that we go. You made us a promise in scripture, Lord, that in the last days you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, that sons and daughters would dream dreams and prophesy and and bring miracles to the kingdom of God in the earth. So Lord, I'm just praying for every one of your children who are listening. First God, that you give them a burning fire, a burning desire to uh, see the lost saved, to see the sick healed, to see the oppressed set free, to know God that you have anointed them, equipped them, called them, chosen them through their specific gifts, their specific personalities, God, you want to use them right here, right now, where they're at. God, it's not about going to ministry school. It's not about learning more. It's simply about a heart that's willing and available. So God, I just pray for willing and available hearts and that you would mark them with the supernatural, that they would hear your voice, that they would walk in power, that they would seek your face in in intimacy, in the secret place, and uh, that they would meet you there. And then from that place, from meeting love, they would be sent by love into whatever sphere of influence that you've called them to. So I thank you, Lord, that you're doing this for our brothers and sisters. Yes, Lord, I pray, Father, for the joy of the Lord to, to just envelop every listener here, the joy of the Lord to see the lost come into the kingdom of God, that it is the most fun thing you'll ever do in the kingdom of God. Yes. It's sharing the love of Jesus and somebody receiving it and actually coming into the kingdom. It's so fun, God. So I just thank you, Lord, that you will give that perspective, that joyful, hopeful perspective, that they will have wonder and, and have expectation of what you will do when they step out. It's not, what if he doesn't show up, but what, what if he does show up? Lord, I pray that that shift in, in the hearts of the listeners would, 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 would happen, Father God. And actually, I also pray, Father, for the love of God to, to just envelop the, the hearts, the Father's heart, to envelop the hearts of those who are listening. Because it's the love of God that compels us. It's the love of God. So I just pray, Lord, for that perfect love that casts out fear. That this love that they would see somebody highlighted to them and they would feel your compassion for them. That you were moved by compassion, Jesus. And that same compassion would just move the hearts uh, of everyone here listening. And that that compassion would drive them as they see that person. It doesn't matter how 
nervous they are, how much they're trembling or shaking in the moment, but they would just do it anyways because they know that you love that person so much and that you died for that person, that you died for the worst of the worst, God, that you would lay your life down. So if you could lay your life down for the world, how much more can we just go out and just be bold and just strike up a conversation with the stranger and just tell them how much that you love them, Father God. So I just prayed for that perspective, that outlook, and that they would lift their eyes and see that the harvest is ripe, that they, they would have faith when they see the harvest and they wouldn't have fear. So thank you, Jesus.